afternoon and welcome to SJ at Noon. Rory McGoran along with the Nugs for another virtual edition of your favorite SJHL weekly recap show. We got a great show for you as we'll welcome in Megan Hayhurst and Nugsy. I got tons of questions from Megan who jumped into the opening of the play-by-play and marketing for the LaRange Ice Wolves and then took the ball running with it because she's got the podcast for the Ice Wolves. Um, I want to know if she's done play-by-play before, how that first game went, if there was some nerves. Uh, it's going to be a fun conversation with Megan for sure. We'll have your players of the week. We'll have your hot and cold. We'll have your Sask Lotteries recap. And then, of course, your CEA look ahead. But Newsy, I'll start with this. If this was a football show, we would have so much to talk about because yesterday's football games were insane. And this whole week of SJHL games were also jam-packed. Uh, I know it's not a football show. I just wanted to throw that out because anyone who was got their money's worth yesterday watching the Bucks against the Rams and the Bills against the Chiefs. I know you were busy, though. You were tied up. Yeah, I was tied up at the rink. I also love how you said that this is people's favorite SJHL uh, recap show. Yeah. If there was another one, I'd love to hear about uh, where to find it. I just, but- I just claimed, claimed the title. Claimed it. Fair enough. Hey, if you can't sometimes you just need to take things by force you know i love that i also i can't wait to ask megan also about i know she's a mother and uh i saw a great picture on instagram on twitter we'll we'll get to it and i'll ask her about it while they were calling a game so i'll just leave that leave that as a teaser um but uh, just you know you won't want to miss it Mm -hmm. Let's start with your Sask Lotteries recap, and it's the hottest team, without a doubt, in the SJHL, the Flin Flon Bombers, undefeated since their hiatus. They got six wins in a row and two enormous wins. I'd say the biggest wins this week in the SJHL outside of LaRange, but we'll get to LaRange later. Those two are imperative as well, but Flin Flon, 3-2 overtime against the Melford Mustangs, and then the same score in regulation the following day against the Mustangs. Uh, What can you say about the Bombers? because they come back after a lengthy layoff. They got plenty of games in hand, one of the best winning percentage in the league, and now they're healthy. Yeah, healthy is one thing, absolutely. And another issue, obviously, is uh, Mike Reagan has made lots of roster moves. I mean, everybody has, but gave him lots of time to practice up there in the Whitney Forum, got guys back, Cole Vardy fully up to speed, Drew Kuzma, they brought him in from Weyburn. He's been you know, fantastic. Maybe the maybe the maybe the best uh, in league trade so it far this be. year. Pickup could be argued. So, uh, the I you know the Flint Flon Bombers uh, when they get ahead of steam going, they're a wagon. And they, you know, again, they they play hard for Mike Reagan. They play hard for the great fans up there. So, you know, big wins over the Melford Mustangs, whom we'll talk about, I guess, in a sec. But uh, they're either red, red hot, <laughs> or they're or they're struggling. There's no in between. Yeah. Uh, do you do you agree that the biggest reacquisition, he was already a bomber. I know he came back, I think, a couple games before they had to do their shutdown. But Jaden Mercier uh, is a player that I think all schools need to be looking at. And maybe that hiatus, like I don't know what was happening in Flintville at the time. Like if he was totally ready, 100% to come back, he came back, right? Um, then that's great. But if he was maybe rushing it a bit and then gets a little bit of a hiatus to make sure he's fully recovered – he's imperative to that roster, I think. And he's one of the best young players in the league. 
Yeah, you know, it's funny. I uh, In the, my preseason writing, I wrote about how I thought the Flin Flon Bombers would, would score goals, and we'll see about the other things because I just hadn't really heard about their decor. And I got a message from Mike Reagan, and he said, actually, New Zealand decor is going to be great. We're going to need Mercier to score a lot of goals. Uh, and so that kind of shows what I know. But I guess, the you know, the thing about Jaden Mercier is, you know, that top, top level speed. Uh, reminds me a lot of Tristan Lemire, and obviously that's an easy combination, uh, easy comparison. Uh, Lemire at the University of Denver right now, from uh, you know out of the Lorange High School or out of the Flin Flon Bombers, I should say. I think actually Mercier played uh, the first game of the weekend, but wasn't in the second one. So hopefully, you know that there's nothing too long term about that for Mercier, but. Uh, you know, again, I, I get it's it's by committee for Flynn Flon, you know, and uh, whenever Mike Reagan says, you know, we don't have enough talent, we need to score more goals. I don't believe it because I think there's plenty of weapons. They're just not the 20 year old weapons like they have been with the Cole Refuses and the Alex Mallows of the not too distant past. But they're still, you know, they're still good. They're still going to score. And then you throw in Corey King, who's back from injury. Uh, and obviously Cole Vardy and Xavier LaPointe are as good as anybody in this league. So that decor is deep and it doesn't give you any rest. Well, and I think you're, you're the 7-16 win percentage speaks for itself. And actually with their games in hand, if they manage, it's a tough task, of course. They've already won six in a row. But if they manage to win the next five, they'd actually have a, a bigger winning. If all the other teams froze, they'd be the first place team in the league. With those games in hand, yeah. if they won if they won out, they would leapfrog Estevan and Humboldt. So, yeah, I mean... Flint Flon's been there the whole year. We've always said they were. When you talk about Humboldt and Estevan, you add the Bombers into the conversation. You mentioned the Melford Mustangs, either red hot or uh, a little bit of a cold streak going. So they, they make all the trades. They lose five games in a row. Then they win 10 in a row. And then ever since then, I believe the first loss was to the Broncos that snapped that. Uh, they've dropped four. So I'm not sure which ones were overtime and shootout, but with a 10-game winning streak, 9 and 10 or 10 and 9 over the last 19. Yeah, it's pretty wild. You know, I, I wonder what the rust factor is for Joel Favreau in uh, the Melford Mustangs. That he was, you know, hurt for a long time. At the end, don't know exactly what the injury details was, but you know, again, James Venn did a, a very admirable job in, in relief. Won a lot of games behind an excellent team there in Melford, but then Joel Favreau comes back, and sometimes when you get injuries or a big trade comes in, we talked about Trevor Blevins. Uh, you know, sometimes guys start standing around and waiting for the other guy to other guys to do things because oh now we got to figure it out now we got a full roster everything's going to be fine don't have to work as hard. Um, not saying that's exactly what's happening in Alfred, but sometimes that happens. Uh, but yeah, I mean, again, uh, these are tight, tight games we're talking about. I think could go either way. The shots very, very even both ends, and then you know an element that I didn't mention there with Flint Flon that deserves to be mentioned committed to uh, Oswego State, State University of New York, uh, Oswego State, a direct West commit, Kale Shell, in that for Flin Flon, that settledness for Shell, maybe versus the lack of settledness in the Melford crease, maybe you play the tiny little detail. Obviously, these are the tiniest margins at the top of the SJHL between Flin Flon and Melford here. Uh, and, you know, two coaches, obviously, between Mike Reagan and Trevor Blevins, who know each other so well, been around for so long. Um, you know, it, it's going to be fun if there's any sort of playoff matchup between these two also. You know, you talked about Humboldt and Melfort. If that was a playoff match, Flin Flon and Melfort would be a doozy too. 
Uh, yeah, I mean, I believe the 10-game winning streak, correct me if I'm wrong, was the longest in the SJHL so far this season. And you can't really – you got to take it with a grain of salt this last little four-game slip because two, two were against Flint Flon and one was against Estevan. So, I mean – Yeah. Well, talking about and, a schedule, and the, and the right? Other, and, the other was, and the other was against Humboldt. Sorry, Newsy. So, you, got, you lost one yeah. to Humboldt, you lost two to Flint Flon, and you lost one to Estevan. It's the three teams you're looking up on. Exactly. Melford's schedule in January, just the quality of opponent has been yeah. off the off the charts. And again, Melford's fantastic. So it's not like, yeah. you know, they're minnows, but it's not like they're also playing the bottom feeders either, right? They've played Humboldt, Humboldt, Estevan, Flynn Fawn, Flynn Fawn, right? And, and as Flynn Fawn's getting healthy and, uh, you know, if there's one team, like the, the one team in the league that has been hit the most by the pandemic and by, you know, those types of shenanigans, at least lately, has been the Notre Dame Hounds. But if there's a second team that's been hit by that lately, it's the the Flynn Flon Bombers. So them coming back and being this good right away, right out of sort of their pandemic and their injuries and everything coming together, you know, big time kudos to that locker room for staying mentally sharp. Obviously, the departure of Nathan Gagne under ideal circumstances, again, they, they've just persevered through that. Uh, and, uh, you know, big time kudos to the Flint Flon Bombers, Rory, because nobody, and we say this every year in the SJHL, Rory, nobody wants to go into Whitney Forum in a must win playoff no. game. No. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter who you are. I don't care. And it might be and the, again, mo- it might be the most daunting building. It might be the most daunting yeah. building to go into for a playoff game. 100%. It's big. Like It's far away, first of all. You have to travel <laughs> a long distance. We'll just call it spade to spade. You have to go travel a long way to yeah. get there. And the fans are nuts. And it's just, uh, it's fun. It's fun, but it's it's daunting. You're right. Flint Flood Bombers, 37 games played this season. Notre Dame Hounds, 35 games played. It's the fewest in the SJHL. So the, pen, uh, the COVID-19 kind of struggles there and the hiatus impacted them, but it will give them, uh, you know, a really busy schedule coming up in February, wrapping up January into early March. I'm not sure if we're going to be adding a week onto it, right? If under necessity, it's still a possibility. I would assume um, a couple of relocation games, but uh, until then we'll find out, but the Flint Flon bombers. Yeah. They still have 21 games left this season and there's five weeks left. So it's yeah. going to be a lot of hockey. Yeah. And should mention that they named uh, Zach Smith as their captain, the former Red Deer Rebel now like amazing and i don't know if i've ever seen a team name their captain as late as the flint Flon bombers have but you know kudos a lot of times you you get you, you get guys back from the western hockey league and you never don't know what you're gonna get uh attitude wise but you know in in this situation mike regan doesn't suffer fools or doesn't suffer bad attitudes that's just the way mike regan operates and uh you know kudos to zach smith for coming in clearly being a good attitude and um, you know, being a big-time leader on this Flint Flon team. Kindersley Clippers were the busiest team this weekend. Three games in three days, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Picked up two wins in that span against the Wavering Red Wings and Notre Dame Hounds on Friday and Sunday, respectively. They were really close against the Estevan Bruins in a 5-3 loss. But it was the Matt Pacenti show, wasn't it? A 966 save percentage over three games. Insane. Yeah, he's spectacular. 20-year-old goalie. You got him, be- you got him behind really- you there, too. I do. There you go. He's, he's right there. Hey, you know what? He is, uh, he's man. I've obviously, I guess, uh, I'll see race Ramsey tomorrow. Probably. I, again, I don't know. Maybe, maybe we'll see William, William Dyke tomorrow in, uh, in Humboldt, but that's all beside the point. 
Matt Pacenti has, to my my mind, has been the best goalie in the league in the last little while. And uh, you know, the Kindersley Clippers kept, stay in games in big part because of him. They they're buying into what uh, Ken Plaquin is saying, but you know, Matt Pacenti is a big part of that. They played five games in six days <laughs> over the great. last little bit. You know, they had a bunch of games shut down and canceled and stuff, not because of their own COVID issues, but because of the teams they were facing's COVID issues more than anything. Um, but, you know, they had three games against the Weyburn team that, um, you know, I, I like to call it the dead cat bounce, Rory. The dead cat bounce is usually when a coach gets fired. Pardon? <laughs> I said, please explain. So the dead cat bounce is when a coach gets fired. Yeah. And then right after that, there's a, a quick sort of burst of energy from the players, even if the team is, you know, not the most talented right now you know at that and they they have a couple games where they play hard and play well and then then usually they revert back to you know what they should be kind of in the league that they're in uh it's kind of it was kind of like that for Weyburn I think in terms of their their sell-off at the deadline seven eight nine guys gone new guys in and those young players I like for Weyburn uh but you know they played pretty well against Notre Dame one game there then you know they played three in a row against Kindersley after a while off and uh, the Clippers, you know, played much, much better than Weyburn over that, over those three games. And again, big time kudos for Pazenti for making the saves he needed to. Uh, he didn't have to face a ton of great A's and a ton of shots at times against Weyburn. So I'm speaking out of both sides of my mouth a little bit. But my final point with that is the Clippers have taken care of business against teams that, you know, they're facing. They faced a Notre Dame Hounds team yesterday that, again, pummeled Pazenti with shots, had chances. Just the bounces, again, wouldn't go Notre Dame's way, similar to January 6th. Uh, but, again, you, you make your bounces in this game, and the scoreboard, you know, tells you who you are. And that's the bottom line. And the Clippers uh, had five games in six days, won four of them, and that's all you can do. Kindersley Clippers, with those four wins, actually moved right into eighth place in the SJHL, too. They leapfrogged Notre Dame. They leapfrogged Melville. And they leapfrogged Nippon, I believe, in that span with six points or with eight points over those five games. And they're in eighth place right now. They're the last playoff spot. And with the games in hand, they're not in a precarious position. Of course, Notre Dame is the outlier. They're going to have, you know, a big opportunity to get back in that fold. But Melville and Kindersley's played the same amount of games. And LaRange has only played two less. So Kindersley needs to do their job against those teams I just mentioned. LaRange, Notre Dame, Nipawin, um, Weyburn when they play again, Melville, because if you can consistently pick up four-point swings, you're going to find yourself in the playoff dance at the end of the year. And so far this week, they proved that they can't be overlooked. Especially, you know, the, 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 old, the old cliche, Rory, is that goaltending is 50% uh, of hockey. Unless you don't have it, then it's 80%. Well, Kindersley has goaltending right now in spades. Matt Pazenti is just dynamite. The LaRange Ice Wolves, though, we mentioned that the Flin Flon Bombers were just two big wins over the Melford Mustangs, kind of statement wins, right, with two powerhouse teams in the league. Well, the LaRange Ice Wolves went up against the Nippowin Hawks in a potential eight-point swing over two games, uh, and they defeated the Nippowin Hawks both games to move now just two points back of Yorkton for sixth in the league. And I remember two weeks ago when we were down in Radville, we were talking – do you think it's the LaRange Ice Wolves or the Notre Dame Hounds that have a better shot of sneaking into that final couple of playoff spots? I think we were, were we the same? Or no, I think we might've had different opinions, but yeah. that just shows you how big those wins against the teams that are around you can be because now you're now LaRange isn't even 
you know, flirting with ninth and eighth. They're flirting with sixth and seventh. Yeah, and they did it this weekend with Xavier Cannon. We always mm-hmm. talk about, you know, how important Xavier Cannon is to the Laurent Dreisel is. Uh, but they did it with Dawson Smith in that, and kudos to, to him as well. And the thing is, uh, you know, again, it's another situation too with a young guy like Taylor Webb on the blue line there that, uh, you know, since Kevin Kaminsky has come in, one of the places he's found a lot of his players is BC Junior B Hockey. And Taylor Webb, another one, Della Colera, kind of the list goes on. But Taylor Webb, the the uh, the D of the week, uh, and he's a guy that they've felt good about uh, for a long time this year, just sort of waiting for him to show the rest of the league. Um, but, again, they need it again. You talked about Kindersley, Rory, needing to take care of business against certain teams. Nippowin was a team that LaRage needed to take care of business against, and and they did it. So kudos. And we all know that LaRage has the weaponry, so if you keep – you know, the other teams down, LaRange has some guns to score goals. So, uh, you know, kudos to them and kudos to Dawson Smith for being a, a difference maker in that. The one question I had about the LaRange Ice Wolves, when they traded their captain, Nolan Dole, um, in my opinion, I thought, oh, here comes the blow up, right? Gray Eyes is next. Holden Knights is going to be traded. They're going to get, you know, some pieces, some picks, some young players back in, restock the cupboards. Are you surprised that they didn't? After trading Dole, I mean, yeah, that's a, that's immediately where your suspicion's going. Like, ah, you know what? They're kind of they're gonna they're gonna reload. They're gonna get give away some of their veterans, and they don't. They keep they keep on to Holden Knights. They keep Aaron Gray eyes. Uh, they they retool a couple actual other things. Trading away a young defenseman Trey Fouquet for an older defenseman McKellen Couture. So it was an interesting kind of shuffle, but it seems to be paying off. They're back in seventh place. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a great question, Rory. The the thing that I the first thing that comes to my mind is that uh, you know some coaches think about the long game and some GMs think about the long game a lot, and it, that's everybody has a prerogative the way that they handle themselves, their business in this league. Kevin Kaminsky thinks about you know clearly year after year how can I get the Larange Ice Wolves to win as many games as humanly possible this year. That's that's it. I mean, not sure. that's not that's it. But you know, obviously, he has a few O2s. He's hung on to Walker, Jerome, and a couple of other guys, but uh, and Webb of, as well as an O2. But uh, for the most part, you know, he's think he he thinks, you know, what can I do to win for Larange? And you know, that community uh, when they come out, it's infectious. Again, it's not an easy place to go and get. We talked in the preseason with Kevin Kaminsky, Rory, about you know goaltending, and he felt that. Xavier Cannon was the best in the league. So if Xavier Cannon, uh, you know, can be as good as he can be, then maybe LaRange can beat anybody on a given night too. So, But Nugsy, uh, we want to get into the Yorkton Terriers first because they defeat the Melville Millionaires and then they lose to the Humboldt Broncos. Uh, and you mentioned it was a pretty big rivalry game going on there between Yorkton and Melville. Yeah. And, and you know, obviously there's these local rivalries that are so fun. Uh, and Yorkton and, and uh, Melville is, is as fun as it gets, especially when they're both competitive, you know, in, in sort of the same vicinity of the league. And uh, Matt Harris done a great job reworking that Yorkton team. And Mike Green's done a great job reworking that Melville team. And I think everybody in the league wants to see Yorkton and Melville, uh, you know, have that rivalry. That's that, that entertainment. And uh, what, what do they call it, Rory? I think the Parks Cup. Is that what they call it, uh, Yorkton-Melville? Yeah, so and so Yorkton uh, won it, and it was funny to see uh, Zach McIntyre there sitting in the middle with a big grin on his face because he played <laughs> on both sides of this yeah. uh, cup. 
throughout this year. But, uh, you know, kudos again to, to Matt Hare and to Kale DePape, the goalie we've talked about over and over again, deservedly so. Um, you know, he's been excellent. They don't they don't give up goals, Yorkton, and that's a great platform to win hockey games. <laughs> they they don't give up goals as well, and they don't they don't give up a lot of shots, or do they? <laughs> yeah. Well, we were talking about it's something uh, that I noticed, and I wanted to bring yeah. it up in Yorkton, right? And I think you've noticed it before in the past. It may happen a couple of buildings, a couple games of the year. Uh, you know, whose fault it is? I don't, it doesn't matter, right? But it was just funny, and just to bring up the comparison, in the Humboldt Broncos game against the Yorkton Terriers, the shots on the score clock and on sjhl.ca say 29-20 to 20 for the Yorkton Terriers. Well, of course, the league has the partnership with Instat, right, who gives the coaches all the reports afterwards. Uh, and Instat's report was 35-35. So there's about 30 shots that they missed combined <laughs> in Yorkton against the Humboldt Broncos. And, uh, it's yeah. it's just funny, but I, I, I something I had to bring up. Yeah, it's funny, and but it it, it hurts the Yorkton goalie more than anything for, for like, their stats. Like, yeah, like if sure. you're yeah. it, Rory, if you're a college scout and you're like, I'm gonna watch Kale DePape. Do you do you care about this? Like whether Yorkton has more shots on goal than that team? Like you don't care at all. You care of how Kale DePape is doing, and then you look at his. You look. You watch the game. The Papes played great. Then you go look at the stats, and his stats are fantastic. So really, like, you know, you're, you're not helping the Pape. You're not helping the Orkin Terriers by giving them d- double the amount of shots that they deserve. I don't know if, like, I don't believe that players look up at the scoreboard, maybe you know better than me, Rory, and be like, oh, we got, like, five more shots that we deserve. Like, that's making us happier and play better. Like, I don't <laughs> think that is. But the, it's some it's somewhere in the psyche of, of the, some of the people that work the ranks, I don't really. Know. Well, well, hold on though. If you're if you're talking about DePape, right? And he he the the Yorkton Terriers lost three to one to the Broncos. So on the stat sheet it says he let in three goals on twenty shots, right? Stop yeah. seventeen. When really he faced thirty five shots. Right. Isn't that a lot better numbers for DePape if you if he has thirty two of thirty five? Right. Yeah, that's my point. I didn't yeah. I didn't vocalize my myself well, but absolutely it's better. His stats took a big hit because of the yeah. decision making of the Yorkton. Rink people. Again, we love the rink people. <laughs> we thank you for all your work, your volunteers out there. And a lot of you guys are very busy, beleaguered, and doing 17 things at once. So we do appreciate that. I'm just saying you're hurting Kale to pay. You're not helping. That's all I'm more, saying. A couple more hits on the button. A little more hits. Yeah. Whatever. <laughs> let, let the other team have 100 shots, and then his stats will look fantastic. I don't know. All right. All right. We got to take a break pretty soon. I just want to impose one question to you, Nuzi. Among the teams from seven to, let's say, ten, which of those teams do you think um, the teams in one to six are looking at, right, or one to four, one to five, at being the one they do not want to line up with in round one of the SJHL playoffs? Is it LaRange? Is it Kindersley? Is it Melville? Mm -hmm. Notre Dame? Is it, you know, Yorkton? Because LaRange is right there, right? So Yorkton could slip to a seven or an eight. Um, What what, what team – Yeah poses the biggest threat in a first round shock yeah it's a it's a it's a difficult question i'm sure different teams have different answers and some for some reason different teams play better and worse against certain sure. teams um but I, you know of all those probably i, I i've got to think larange because larange has those, those weapons up front and you have to travel to larange you know like sure. that's a battle and that community will be buzzing and just save your cannons healthy 
He's the you know a huge difference maker. Obviously, Pizzetti and DePape have been huge in turning those organizations around, Rory. Uh, but I'm I'm going to stick with Larange. How about you? Yeah, no, I, I would ditto that. I would say Larange uh, and a close second Yorkton, uh, yeah. based off Kale DePape, and you don't get a lot of shots in Yorkton, so you know, t- yeah. tough. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for sure. That was your Sask Lotteries recap. We'll take a break and uh, very happy to welcome in Megan Hayhurst next to the LaRange Ice Bowls right now on SJ Noon. Welcome back to SJ at Noon. Rory McGoran joined with Jamie Nugabauer and very pleased to welcome in, well, she's the LaRange Ice Wolves play-by-play voice, along with some marketing work as well, her and her husband. But thank you so much for joining us, uh, Megan Hayhurst. And it's kind of a... An, an incredible sort of rush that you that you got thrown in there. I know you've had a little bit in the past, so that's why I want to start with um, what have you done in the past, kind of play by play wise, color wise, that you know made you want to jump into the role once that position was opened. So I never did play by play previous to this, but I did do color once um, in a junior B league in BC, and. But I used to host SJ this week when Access had it. And I was in charge of the North Stars, the Clippers, and the Ice Wolves. And I did that for a couple of seasons. And then, um, meanwhile, I obviously would also record some of the games and work with some of the other announcers and be in the booth. So I knew the ins and outs of their broadcasts, everything from their commercial breaks to how their pregame interviews were organized and everything like that um and I've always had like a big hockey um background and stuff um and for the longest time I was always um tied to the Clippers in some way from my um a few years ago my cousin was the head coach of them and stuff like that and uh, I've known other head coaches so when I first started working and interviewing the Clippers it was Larry Wintoniak's first um season behind the bench yeah and so that's dating it a really long time (laughs) so yeah and I I graduated from broadcasting in about 2005-2006 and took off to North Battleford and then I ended up leaving it and now I've I've, uh, never been able to fully stay away though Access still had me hosting uh community programming up here so I had been doing a show called Talk of the Town where I would just interview people about current events and I cool. had the Ice Wolves on and stuff. And uh, for some of my Christmas episodes, I had some of the boys come on and read the night before Christmas to end my Christmas episodes and stuff. So it's, um, it's not as random as it looks. The only thing that's random is the play-by-play itself. Um, the interviews, everything like that, that's where mm-hmm. um where my strength actually lies yeah. so and i i don't go in there and um i think sometimes at first someone will be like okay what's she gonna ask me and then the second you get asking and when you end up with the seven minute interview that you have to cut down to three minutes for your pre-game it's a pretty good indication that you know what you're doing yeah so, absolutely 100 mm-hmm. percent. and it's not just the play-by-play i mean pretty much everything right? Including the play-by-play, billet mom, daycare, podcast, yep. right? Like you, you got everything. Photography. I want to know how that, how, that first, how that first game went uh, because you said play-by-play may be the new thing. Uh, I know when I called my first play-by-play game, obviously, 
You know, there's a lot of preparation involved in it. The nerves are high. And then when that puck was dropped, I'm not going to lie, it, I just flatlined and I couldn't remember a single thing. So I just want to know for you, like, how was the experience calling the first game? It's funny because it was opposite of that. So Jamie, Jamie mentioned photography and that's how I got in there with the team this year. So yes, I've been a billet mom for a little while. Uh, I think this is like our third or fourth season right now, but um so I started doing that. So our big joke was when all of a sudden I got on there for my first broadcast is that pretty soon I'll be driving the bus and then uh, I'll, I'll be the one that um, replaces Killer when his time is done. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so that was the joke. That was the joke that I'll just be doing everything because I've been doing the social media, everything like that. And and my husband's like, you're going to be driving the bus before you know it. Like Grant and Grant That's will be funny. retiring and calling you. So that that was the joke. And because I run a daycare, I have a 12 year old son, a three year old daughter and a nine month old daughter. I had zero time to do anything. I was able to um, have uh, a couple of minutes to actually go in and interview um, Kevin and Kyle. That's my only in-person interview I've been able to do. The rest I have to do over the phone because I have kids. <laughs> so yeah. I can't go all the way in. I, actually, I lied. I did one more and my daughter came with me and rearranged Kevin's desk and he was so yeah. nice about it. <laughs> so, um, yeah. So there's that but I didn't have time to have nerves I didn't have time to think about any of it the puck yeah. just dropped I had no idea I tried to practice on hockey tv you can't do that it was terrible and my husband and I just said well we're just gonna say like we have day jobs it's one and done and this is what's gonna happen and I wanted my husband to be with me because mom brain is a real thing and you just blank you don't know you're sleep deprived you're wondering where your kids are even in the broadcast my eyes were on my kid to see if whoever was holding them was okay <laughs> if if my kid was being you know crying too much for them or something and my kids don't really cry so I didn't need to stress too much but yeah I didn't have time for nerves I didn't have time to look at anybody else's lineup so um and they played Flynn Flon and obviously we go to every game so you do know those um players but you don't know the way they skate to think it fast enough and you don't have time to read their names so off off their jersey and you know you know the certain few um and with ours i was thankful that we've watched a lot of hockey and we have a lot of information about how they skate and their strengths and weaknesses that we don't have to pay attention to who the number is. I can tell by the way they're skating that, that oh, that's yeah. Brian Gilman. That's Nate Loaf. You know, that's Gray Eyes. So there was a huge advantage that way for me. But again, a disadvantage because I can't sit there and prepare about um, the visiting team the way somebody who this is their full-time only job can do that. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I didn't have time for nerves, but Melfort, we went on the road or not Melfort, um, Nipwin. We were just in Nipwin for the first time was our first road game. And I thought maybe I would be nervous having to go to a different booth set up, not know where anything is. We just couldn't wait to get there. And we did it with um, two out of three of our kids because our son was uh, in Saskatoon um, at his own hockey game. He's a goalie. And so we had a bit of parental guilt missing that but it was a, it's a good opportunity for us as well. And um, for the girls, like we took the girls to work and they just sat in that booth um, in Nipawin and 
played and slept and it, it was great. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, from every, I mean, from everything I heard and that I've, I've seen, and especially around the league, you're doing a fantastic job with the Orange Ice Wolves and Nugsy can probably relate because I think he's had permanent dad brain for the past three years trying to get his broadcast done. Uh, yeah. You do? <laughs> yeah. I mean, Hey, I saw a picture. I mentioned it earlier at the top of the show that, uh, you know, I saw a picture that you were saying that you, uh, even nursed your your baby like yeah. while doing play by play. Oh, I, I have a two year old and a two month old, and every time I'm like, oh, I'll take one of them to the game. Uh, my wife is like, oh no, no, she'll be you'll be too distracted. And and you know what? You say you have mom brain, but I guess you also have superpowers because I would be too distracted to do uh, yeah. a good job. I think. Uh, I mean, but anyways, you know, talk talk about talk about uh, you know nursing and. Right, you know, taking care of your baby while doing play-by-play. How could you possibly? I my brain is exploding. You, you, it's it's quite funny because if you listen to clips from that game, that I think is always going to be my favorite game because at one point um, everybody was messaging us saying that the line of the game was from my husband, where he said, "Oh, sorry about that, folks. We just had a baby in the trash can, and it was a clean garbage bag." but she's nine months old and she loves to crawl and she was trying to get into it (laughs) and um yeah so that that was pretty entertaining and then at one point our other daughter who loves hockey she went to stand up and we're pulling her down and everything like that so yeah it's been uh then nursing and holding a baby to sleep we just kind of rotated as to who it was and when she was asleep enough I handed her over to my husband because in LaRange we are not connected to a radio station so I had to play all my own commercials and everything like that that's been a huge learning curve because that's totally different than tv and so I'm sitting there with the the mixing board and the computer trying to make sure everything goes smoothly but he actually has a a video of me holding our baby and rocking her while I make Gavin Maddie's goal call from that game. So, and uh, Global interviewed me about that on the weekend as well. So we sent that clip off to Global too. So yeah, that's, it's definitely um, pretty interesting. So that's, that's amazing. Last, last question from me. Really appreciate your time, Megan, as you mm-hmm. clearly work uh, your daycare yeah. there in the background. We really appreciate it. Do not, do not stress at all. We appreciate yeah. your time so, so much. Um, you know, uh, we, I try, how do, I'll try to word this properly. Um, not good at wording things, as Roy would probably say, but, uh, uh, you know, the, on the Sastel game of the month, uh, I got to call the game with uh, Daniela Ponticelli doing play-by-play. Now you're, you're getting this. Uh, what does it mean to you that, uh, you know, a couple of hardworking you know, women are getting uh, the opportunity and women around the sports world are finally getting an opportunity to, to get in the press of the booth where they should have been this whole time? I think, you know, I think that's a really good point. They should have been there the whole time. I think a lot of people think, well, what's this lady going to know about hockey or that? But just because we didn't play in that league or that level doesn't mean that we don't know what things are. And it also doesn't mean that we don't know what other teams are doing um, in the league as well to grow our own team and what other women in the league are doing or, or different things like that. Like I remember when Cassie Campbell called um her first game and even when she first started doing color and stuff 
And I remember the, like the bad things that would be said too. And she knows hockey in and out, but she was a woman and still wasn't taken as seriously by everyone. And uh, I'm just going to She's in her chair there. And uh, so there's, there was that, but we, um, yeah, it's really nice that women now get um, the chance to do some of these things. And for me, I, um, it might've seemed random to people um, how I got in there, but I started with the photography for the team. Um, and then, uh, and they asked me to help out with social media. So I started doing all that. I created Taco Tuesday, which has over a thousand views every week, usually. Um, the boys asked me for TikTok, got them on TikTok. And I remember when my husband told me that one of our TikToks had 15,000 views. I was like, you mean 1500? He's like, no, thousand. <laughs> and they all just keep growing. And even some of my weaker ones are at like 4,500. Mm. So, and that's all something that I don't have a lot of time to focus on right now because I am doing a whole bunch of things at once. Um, and, but I'm still able to grow that in like the marketing side of it. Like I, I look whatever team has on their social media and stuff. And I joke that when I grow up, I want to be the Kinderson Clippers because they are killing it on social media right now with their green screen, their TikToks, their, you know, everything they do, their photos of the boys um, getting off the bus, like just everything. And that's stuff that I can't do because right now I'm not traveling with the team. I have to go on my own because I do have my baby and stuff. And that's, so I have some different things compared to, um, your typical man that's doing it, but it's definitely a place for women. And, uh, we know a lot of things, even though it might seem like we don't, <laughs> you know, um, and, and we hear a lot of things, we see a lot of things, um, you know, and, and sometimes LaRange doesn't get, um, the credit they deserve for anything, but when you're in town and you're watching that game and you see, those players and the way they play for um, Kevin and Kyle and the way they click together and they buy into everything, um, you can't beat it. And there's a lot of talent on that Ice Wolves team in every position. And even the guys who find themselves not in the lineup every day, they're very talented and you get kind of surprised when you find out, oh, you know what? He had a really good game, but he's not in, but so-and-so's in. And they're all fighting to stay in. And uh, yeah, and from the billet side, we also know what it's like when you have the kid that um, is struggling, that either isn't in the lineup or is going through a, an injury and you're working there with them and you're dealing with COVID from the whole um, organization from being a billet parent to, um, you know, broadcast, is your broadcast gonna go through? Are, do you have to make a pregame meal for these kids? Like what's going on? Um, and then, yeah, there's just a whole lot of different aspects that me as a mom and a billet mom has been facing, but somehow I, I've, I've been killing it. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic job, Megan. Thanks so much for joining us. Of course, for Thanks. everyone uh, who isn't sure what she's been doing, follow LaRange Ice Wolves, the broadcast the podcasts, uh, all the social media work as well. Uh, thanks so much. We appreciate it very much. And best of luck continuing along with the LaRange Ice Wolves, uh, you know, the daycare, the billeting, all the above. Yes, thank you.
Thanks, Megan. There was Megan Hayhurst from the LeBron Ice Wolves. We'll take a break and come back with Who's Hot, Who's Cold next on SGN News. Welcome back to SJ at Noon. Rory McGoran alongside the Nugs with your weekly SJHL recap show. Big thanks to Megan Hayhurst of the LaRange Ice Wolves for joining us. What a fantastic job she's doing. Obviously a lot on her plate, Nugsy, uh, but taking care of business with the LaRange Ice Wolves as we now move in to your precise temp, who's hot, who's cold, starting with a player. And he's the one right behind me because uh, we'd be ill-advised to not mention, uh, which way are you pointing at, Nugsy? This way? This guy right I here. I don't know. I don't know which way I was going to point, and then I realized when uh, Tanner edits it, I don't know which side. But what? There you go. Anyways, go on. <laughs> Anyways, your latest Direct West commitment, and uh, it's one of the biggest ones in recent memory in the SJHL. Matthew Perkins going to the University of Minnesota Duluth uh, Powerhouse School in NCAA Division One for Direct West, and what a great accomplishment for him. We had him on last week, Newsy. Uh, you know, of course, it happens in between, like where we, you know, maybe should have waited a week and we could have talked about the commitment. But what I wanted to point out was that he talked about how fast things were coming from the time where, you know, the COVID-19 pandemic makes the jump to the SJHL as a 17-year-old. Uh, and then all of a sudden, he's having so much success in all these schools, the NHL draft rankings, and it was just a whirlwind. So great to see him finally make the decision and have that locked in and know where he's playing. So now you just focus on your game on the ice. Yeah, special talent. And, of course, Minnesota Duluth, a couple national championships. Yeah. Uh, do it the right way. And, uh, you know, again, lots of eyeballs, too, from UMD uh, on Saskatchewan uh, over the years. Think about uh, one that I know really well. That's Luke Milama, uh, who's uh, a hound, who's now at uh, Minnesota Duluth. And also my good buddy, Matty Cairns, an Edmonton Oilers prospect, who's there, too. But great program. Great locker room and a winning tradition. Great place for Matty. So that's your latest Direct West commitment. It's Matthew Perkins of the Hubble Broncos going to the University of Minnesota Duluth NCAA Division One. And who's hot, who's cold, brought to you by Precise Temperature. Moving into the teams, is it any argument that it's the Flynn Flan Bombers right now? Yeah, I know. Eight of ten. Talked about it a lot on the recap. But they're healthy. They're rolling. They've had time to practice. And that's exactly what all coaches want. And Mike Reagan's probably a happy guy. What about on the other side, on the who's cold for precise temp? Yeah, there's there's a couple uh, a couple of options, but uh, I'm going to go with the Notre Dame Hounds, Rory. And uh, I know it's the it thing where they actually that? is it tough. No, I, you know, <laughs> I, I can be honest. I mean, they you know they had the shutdown, lots of difficult things, and you know over the four games that they played in 2022 the three games in the cluster and then another shutdown and then played. They have not actually played that badly. They've had lots of shots and chances, but Pizzenti stoned them twice. Boston Gelowitz has stoned them another time. And again, you are what the scoreboard says you are. Um, and the counts do have a bunch of games in hand, as we said, but those games in hand don't matter if you don't win it. So uh, they're not playing poorly. They're not ice cold and terrible or anything like that. Um, there's lots to like, uh, but you know, they need to get the job done. And it's not getting easier with the schedule. Well, that's what I just wanted. One more hit before we go on to the players of the week. They got a lot of games in hand, which is a positive, right? Like you got, you can make up that room. But on the flip side, it's going to make for a very busy, again, five weeks. And I think, as you mentioned, a lot of those games, like you still have three games against the Bruins, a couple against the Broncos, a couple against Flint Flon, right? Like, like there's, there's still plenty of, 
of, of tough games coming up in a short span. So like which one outweighs the other? Yeah, it's a good, uh, it's a good question. Well, the, 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 well, the only way to f- answer that is to find out when it's sure. all said and done. Yeah. But what I should say too, is that the Hounds uh, blue line, especially has just been so beat up and uh, you know, last yesterday, Evan Vandenhoevel and Phil Fath, both forwards, you know, moved to defense during the game and actually did really well. Not surprised with the attitude that those two guys have that they just said, Hey, whatever it takes, whatever, whatever I can do to help the team coach. And, uh, both did really well, actually. I was really, uh, really impressed. Um, but, uh, you know, obviously the Hounds want to get Rocks and Bird and Trey Taylor back uh, as soon as possible because you want D-man playing D and Fords playing Fords. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That'd be ideal for sure. <laughs> yeah, I, obviously, yeah. That was your precise temp. Who's hot? Who's cold? Moving on quickly to the players of the week as we run out of time. Your SGEU MVP, Estevan Bruins, Eric Pierce. Yeah, you know, came back from the dub and, uh, you know, played really well before the shutdown last year for Estevan, played well in the, in the Regina hub for Prince Albert. Uh, you know, he's been fantastic both ways for Estevan since coming back to the SJ. So, you know, kudos to him and, and uh, a couple of big goals for him in uh, a couple of big wins for Estevan. Your RBC forward of the week from the Kindersley Clippers and another savvy acquisition, Andrew yeah. Shaw. Wow, man! If there's if there was a skills competition and there was a passing element, Andrew Schaub would be you know one of the better passers in the SJHL. He was dropping dimes for Jackson Georgette back door on those that Kindersley power play, uh, you know against Wayward Notre Dame as well. But uh, yeah, big pickup, former captain of the Nippon Hawks, good character guy. We had him on the show not too long ago as a member of the Nippon Hawks. Uh, but again, another great addition to that Kindersley locker room. They're keeping adding character, and he's another one. Your Mayfair Diagnostics uh, Defenseman of the Week. He leads all defensemen in points and uh, continue to do that throughout their winning streak. Xavier Lapointe on the point for the Flint Fly Bombers. Yeah. Yeah, I think we're up to maybe five or six Division One commits in the league now, which is uh, doing really well. Lapointe uh, committed uh, to uh, RIT uh, for Flint Fun. Again, I've said it on the show, best defenseman in the league, two goals, two assists this past week, does it in the defensive end. He can fly. Does it all, plays big minutes for Flynn Flon, but he doesn't even need to because their decor is great. Uh, LaPointe is the, is the focal point. Your Saskatel goalie of the week, well, he's the one that LaPointe protects when the puck gets into the zone. It's Cal Shell of the Flynn Flon Bombers. Yeah, Cal- Shell only gave up five goals on 82 shots. It's over three wins and three games there for Flynn Flon, a 939 save percentage for the uh, Oswego State Division Three NCAA commit out of Burlington, Ontario. Uh, again, I, I've talked about uh, my being a big fan of Cal for years and uh, very happy to see him do well. And he's a huge reason why you can never take the Flynn Flon Bombers lately. And your Direct West final one, Rookie of the Week, it is Taylor Webb, who scored his first SJHL goal, I believe, in the week as well. Yeah, another solid hit by Kevin Kaminsky out of BC Junior B. Played in Saanich in the VI. Uh, offensive kid. Getting a couple points and a couple big wins, which we talked about over in Ipawin for LaRange. And, uh, you know, Kevin Kaminsky was talked about this year about needing some contribution from the blue line. And Webb has stepped in and done that. So kudos to him. Uh, all right. Well, now it's time for your CAA road report as we navigated through your precise temp, hot and cold, your players of the week. And I think we went well over an hour, Nugsy, but you know what? It's virtual. So there's no, don't, no one keeping time and telling us what to do. And there was a lot to talk about, especially this week. But what games are you looking forward to as the SJHL keeps rolling and the intensity picks up through your CAA road report? 
Yeah, I mean, uh, I think I'm very interested to see this uh, Yorkton team again take on uh, the Humboldt Broncos. I think it's a very interesting uh, uh, matchup of styles. I believe that's coming up uh, at the end of the week. Yorkton has a trip battle against Estevan and Estevan, and then in uh, you know in in Humboldt. So uh, Thursday, Friday, Yorkton is what is what I got my eye on. How about you? I, I'm still keeping tabs with the LeBron Ice Wolves. I think there's swing out of the pandemic. And it's pretty crazy. Like, it seems every team that comes off their hiatus has gone on, like, a four-game winning streak. Estevan, Flynn, Flon, LeBron is hot. Like, they were all on pause. Keep an eye on the Battle for its North Stars because they're on pause right now. If they come out of the, the break flying, then, uh, you know, it might have been a good little mid-season reset for a lot of these teams. I don't know. But the LeBron Ice Wolves, uh, they moved themselves two points back of sixth place. And they got two hard games coming up. Melfort Mustangs midweek, different trajectory for both teams, but uh, that's going to be a, a great Sherwood division showdown. And then on Friday, they take on the Flint Flon Bombers. Uh, so again, the Flint Flons had their number the past couple of games, but if this LaRange Ice Bowls team is on that upward swing, I'm looking forward to see them keeping that momentum up. Yeah, and we'll see the health of Xavier Cannon. That's always the biggest question mark week to week for the Larage Isles. Will we see Xavier Cannon? We could have a segment. Is Cannon in this week? Yes or no? And we'll we'll have a little box check to see if the video editors can do something about that. Newsy pleasure as always. Big thanks to Megan Hayhurst for joining us of the LaBranche Ice Wolves. And thanks for you for listening, of course, uh, the virtual edition week two. Will it be virtual week three? Well, we'll find out next Monday. And we'll see you next Monday on SJ at Noon.